hello everybody and welcome to the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. I am humbled and so excited to have one of my USA weightlifting heroes on the phone with me. I've known of Mike Service, Service for about 10 years now and I can tell you if you are looking for someone who personifies the, the, the traits and characteristics of leadership, you're going to enjoy this show today because knowing Mike at the level I do, I know we're going to go deep into spirituality. We're going to go deep into transformations and we're going to go deep into the abundance of opportunity that is available to you on the other side of the terror barrier into growth. So Mike, welcome to the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be able to have a little bit of a, a conversation and some some FaceTime. So I think it's uh, I was I was telling my, my wife that um, I think the last time we actually spoke, uh, we did uh, uh, like uh, just an audio uh, podcast together. And that was probably five, six, seven years ago, maybe. Um, so um, and, and you just informed me that you're, uh, recently had a new benchmark birthday and, and you don't, you don't look any, any older or, uh, uh, only maybe a little bit wiser than I remember you from 10 years ago. So oh, you're a gentleman you. and a scholar, Mike. I appreciate that. <laughs> what I, I, I want to tell the audience a little bit about zoom, um, so they can interact with you there. There's a chat room and a Q and a opportunity, um, that you can enter, enter into conversation with us during this this live interview. If you're watching the replay, I'm sorry you missed it, but we'll be happy to answer any emails you send. But if you have a question for Mike, stick it over in the Q&A uh, box down below, or if you just want to put up a general comment in chat, please do that. And Mike, um, the reason I might look this good on Zoom is because they have a facial enhancement feature that if you tick it, it makes you look really good. Ah, maybe I have mine on by accident. I was, I get all excited when I log on. I think, oh, this is a nice camera. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to check that out. So I always make sure yeah. that box is ticked when I go live. So it, at least I look closer to your age than double your age. Anyway, <laughs> so so Mike, let me let me give the context for our our discussion today. I I met you at your championship event in 2011 at the US Open weightlifting event in Mobile, Alabama. And you, you, you took the prize, was it in the, the 77 kilo? Yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was my, uh, I, I was like, that was my one and only uh, gold medal um, because usually I would be competing in a, in a 77 kilo class with my uh, kind of my, my idol and my friend, Chad Vaughn. Um, so that was, uh, that was a competition. Yeah, uh, it was like I, I got over the hump and, and it was a, a cool time. And uh, yeah, I did. I, I won the 77 kilo class at that in uh, beautiful Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, well, you've gone on from, from there to be on the Pan Am and Olympic qualifying teams. You're, you've done so much with your platform influence. And, and you know, that was my first USA weightlifting event to be part of. And, you know, I was the antithesis there. I, I was the drug tester there trying to protect yeah. clean sport. And, and what I remember most about you was, was the way you addressed your skill on the platform. Um, I'd never seen that level uh, of athleticism before. So that was amazing to see the ferocity with which you fought gravity. And then second was when you come off the stage, you were just Mike Service, the, the biggest smile um, and the most captivating conversation. So, wow, take us, take us back then, since you, you helped me appreciate the sport of weightlifting. I know getting into the sport and coming out of it at that level was a transformational experience for you, but I'm sure you've had many transformational experiences in your personal and professional career. Just to start the conversation, can you think back to the biggest transformation that you've gone through? Because that's what we talk about here on this show or the, the insights and pillars of transformation that make you who you are. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I could I could definitely answer that in a lot of ways, and and I think I'll, I'll take the easy way first, and and I'll probably say that um, I think if we're really honest with ourselves, uh, 
we won't have our biggest transformation um, until we meet our maker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Absolutely. I think that um, this, this walk that we're on in life is uh, it's full of a lot of beauty. It's full of a lot of uh, uh, sadness and, and stressors and, and yeah, transformations of good and bad. But, but I think they are all leading um, to, to that moment of faith and trust that we, that we all look forward to one day when we get to see get to see the the, the beautifulness that that made us and, and allowed us to have this process um, so that's kind of my my uh, I guess easy answer to that is I think I will uh, ultimately uh, feel and, and experience that big transformation when when I uh, get to uh, give uh, give Jesus a big hug <laughs> tell him, tell him thank you for everything that he did and then uh, probably uh, ask him a lot of questions um, <laughs> you'll have an eternity of time to get those answers exactly um, so that yeah that's my that's my you know kind of my I guess cop-out answer but but in terms of um, maybe to date my biggest transformation um, it's it's probably been an evolution of going from um, uh, an aspiring athlete to uh, a self-perceived <laughs> athlete and then um, post-athletic career uh, which I would just kind of define now as an as an educator um, and and that's had a lot of transformations uh, in inside of itself so while I was um, still competing at a pretty high level in weightlifting I was in the process of finishing my bachelor's degree in education um, then while I was at my highest level, so um, training on and off at the Olympic Training Center, I was going to graduate school for, um, it was a psychology-based program in counseling and leadership. And I thought that I would either um, continue <laughs> with that into maybe some uh, higher level uh, PhD studies or, or something. Uh, I knew I was interested in teaching. Um, I found out when I was uh, teaching more like the adolescent ages. So I spent about almost two years teaching um, middle school, math, science, and some special education. Um, as much as I love younger humans, <laughs> um, I, I didn't. I didn't feel quite what I was expecting. I guess in in that in that method, and um, that was definitely. Um, you know, with, without going too deep into that, that was a moment of feeling some, uh, I guess, like a negative transformation of like, mm -hmm. hmm, I thought this was my plan. And now I don't really like it. Um, and I'm not sure what to do. Um, thankfully, that was all parallel with still training and competing and weightlifting. So that was kind of my safety net. Um, I had like a kind of a, a temporary self-identity as a weightlifter and then I was just trying to fit teaching into it which maybe that in itself could show why that also wasn't maybe deemed a success was um, I wasn't completely uh, affording myself the opportunity to embrace that identity either as a, as a teacher or as an educator I was still still seeing myself as, a, as an athlete and that's what I wanted to be um, so so that was kind of just a, an evolution into a transformation of when I did finally um, decide to be done competing in weightlifting um, I'm so thankful that I had just kind of um, been gifted the opportunity to meet all of my colleagues at Power Monkey Fitness within the um, basically the CrossFit community is I would say the the like safety net that I fell out of from weightlifting <laughs> and and that gave me um, uh, like a really nice kind of mentorship moment to kind of find my niche uh, to where I'm at now and 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 I'm still I guess still working on the transformation at, at this point incredible well i hope you have a week's worth of time because you uncovered <laughs> a lot of topics for for discussion here mike and i guess the the first one that i want want to ask you you said a buzzword in there that i that i identify with and that's self-identity yeah you you as an athlete i i get it that there are metrics of performance that you have to meet in order to to climb that ladder of athletic influence. And I, I, I'm no different in, in my world as a, as a pharmacist. There are mm -hmm. metrics of performance that I think a lot of people choose to identify themselves with an external validator. Yeah. Did you experience that as an athlete? And then how did you, how did you come out of that if you did? Oh, man. I, I mean, yes, I, I experienced it a lot. So, um, I mean, my, my identity from 
youth was was to be athletic so um my uncle was a very very good athlete when he was um uh young into high school and, and even played in college he played football and baseball um so he was kind of a, a role model and uh someone that i looked up to wanted to be like um so i kind of followed in his footsteps through high school where i was very involved in football i loved it i loved um uh, I think on, on reflection, I just, I loved the, the feeling of being superior <laughs> when you could, uh, whether you're tackling somebody, whether you're running through somebody, running by somebody, it, it was a, a very self-gratifying rush, um, which, which is probably telling, um, and I'm a little bit, I guess I'm not embarrassed to say it now, but the younger me would be embarrassed. I think there were times where I actually didn't even get so upset that our team would lose if I had a good individual performance. Um, I was very, like the, the word would be self-identified. I thought I did what I was supposed to do. I'm good. I'm yeah. Good. I'm, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that we lost, but I couldn't do any more would be kind of what I thought. Um, and, and that was definitely a bad way of thinking. Uh, it was very uh, self-centered and it, it kind of pushed me into uh, really enjoying weightlifting. Um, so I was training and weightlifting uh, simultaneously with playing football. And I realized that, that I did like the individual side of that sport. I liked that if I lost, it was my fault. If I won, it was my fault. Um, and, and, and even some of that was still perceptive. <laughs> I wouldn't say <laughs> completely true, um, but that's how I identified with it. And um, so I went kind of from uh, maybe not feeling completely fulfilled in football and, and thinking, okay, um, weightlifting, that's what it is. And um, my, my metrics for that were uh, initially, I, I want to qualify uh, at a national level. Um, so I had a very, very uh, kind of famous coach uh, just by chance. He was the principal at my high school. He was a former high-level weightlifter. Then he was on the USA Board of Directors, and he was um, on the competition committee for the Atlanta Olympics. And just uh, his name's Lou DeMarco. He's at, Absolutely. immediately jumped in as a father figure for me uh, when I was younger, which was a blessing and still is. Um, but he, he kind of took me under his wing and, and, and set those metrics to an extent um, where you're going to wear a jacket that says USA on it. And that is the you know, ultimate thing that you can do as a weightlifter. Um, so that was immediately my goal, and it, and it took a while to get there. I, I qualified for my first nationals in like 2004, 2005, um, and I didn't actually get to wear a jacket uh, for seven more years. Wow. <laughs> and I, and, and, and uh, thankfully, I think it was good for probably my potentially growing ego. Um, it took me a while to get it, which humbled me a lot. And then once I did get that jacket, I only got to wear it once. Um, so I, I, I had that, that opportunity. Um, it was a great opportunity. I'm so thankful for it. I'm very, very proud of the, the moment that I had. Um, I learned a lot of things from it. And then um, it was gone pretty quick, too. <laughs> and and it's, allowed, uh, it's allowed me to be kind of in the current I guess season of life that I'm that, that I'm in now. Amazing. So so you were. I, I guess it's so easy to get caught up in the external validations that that it's not until you're in silence like we are now that when all of that is removed from you, yeah, you're stuck with you. What, yeah. when, when was that moment with with you that you realized that you have a higher value contribution that is not. Um, in fighting gravity, that there's something within you that is purpose, that is waiting to be birthed into the world. Yeah, I think that's been, and it's probably still not like a full uh, completed puzzle yet, but but I would say it's like pieces of a puzzle falling into place to, to build that picture of maybe, yeah, like who, who I am or um, what, what, my, <clears throat> what my identity is, what my purpose is. Um, I, I think and I really can't think of a specific time other than when I reflect, I think of all the, the friends and relationships that I built. Um, and, and as much as I identified with like the numbers that I was lifting or the rankings that I wanted, um, I was constantly accumulating people that I wanted to be friends with. I just, I genuinely wanted to be, to be friends with these people. Um, and some of this is I'm, I'm kind of thinking about now. Um, but uh, it, it, there was definitely just kind of a hunger in, inside of me. And I don't think I necessarily knew what it was at the time. Um, but I just wanted to um, have, have a significant place in people's lives. 
So, um, and, and I guess that's definitely still where I am now because I, I value more than anything, the relationships that I have, whether they're personal, professional, um, family, they, they mean a lot to me. And, and I would say that, yeah, towards the end of my lifting career, um, I valued spending time with the people I was training with more than the training that I was doing. And, um, and, and like I said, I don't know that that was even a a complete conscious thought at the time. It was probably more of a a subconscious kind of collection (laughs) that that was going on there. And, um, and I would say that's definitely been, um, foundational in, in what I'm kind of looking at and growing now. See that, that's, that's so incredible. I'm reminded, I don't know if you've ever picked up John Maxwell's book, The 21 Laws of Leadership. John Maxwell, I'm a huge fan of. He's my leadership and personal development mentor and coach. Um, But his 21st law is the law of legacy. And when you said significance, it it reminded me of, of that law that when it comes down to it, I think all of us simply want to be significant in mm-hmm. in some way and i think throughout our growth and development the environment in which we plant ourselves you see where i'm going with this mm-hmm. um seems to to shape and influence that significance more than the inner desire is that yeah. is that fair yeah 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 I, legacy would be a good uh, a good word i think a lot of times you don't you don't necessarily well, when you're an athlete, I think you definitely, as you get, especially if you're at a very high level, um, I would say people that were much, much more accomplished with me um, are able to kind of see that legacy being built. You know, the the Kobe Bryants and the, um, or we were just talking about, you know, somebody like a Kendrick Ferris or a Chad Bond that has just, uh, they have all these accolades and all these amazing accomplishments and their legacy will be you know, forever. Um, but, but for most, most people observing that they only see the sport level. Um, thankfully I know Kendrick and, and Chad personally, and they're, they're going to leave a much deeper legacy with their friends and family and all, all the amazing things they do there. Um, and, and I think that's, um, yeah, I think that's an inherent desire that we all have. Like you said, we want to feel significant. Um, the way to feel significant and impactful is to be able to leave some type of la- lasting legacy, um, for years to come. Hmm. I, I remember back um, to my teenage years when my dad told me, son, it's people that make the world go round. <laughs> and then in the next statement, he would say, no, no, go make those grades. You better study hard. You better do this. You better do that. So there, yeah. there are goals and accomplishments that are just, just part of life. But yeah. I think he was onto something and didn't know it mm-hmm. because I think he was looking back in reflection going, wow, I wish I wish I had figured that out a long time ago, that it's people and I need to be accumulating those people. Like, like you said, you were accumulating people. What an asset and and resource. Well, I think, you know, and and it comes into, um, I'm so thankful. I've I've never struggled with, uh, I would say like, uh, you know, maybe the psychological side of self-worth. Um, I've always felt a lot of self-worth, but I I would attribute that. I mean, one, I have an incredibly amazing, loving, uh, God-fearing mother (laughs) that instilled those virtues in me. Um, But that accumulation of friends and people, um, you know, we're we're not meant to be alone um, as as a human, and and we feed off of other people. And um, there's a a very, very uh, well-known, famous CrossFitter, Dan Bailey, who um, is a is a man of God and 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 has some wisdom bombs of his own. And and he was saying something recently when I uh, uh, was speaking with him in Miami and he was talking about what pillars do you lean on? And and he actually meant people. Um, and, and he referred to his father and, and and some close family members and it's true. And then I know there's, you know, different self-help books out there. I'll say, you know, you're as valuable as the five people, seven people you surround yourself with the most often. Um, and, you know, by, by God's grace, I've been surrounded and, and, and accumulated so many of those that um, I, I definitely am very thankful to always feel very, very uh, full of worth just because of those relationships that, that, I, that I built. I, I never, in a, in a human sense, in a, in a real-time sense, I never feel alone, even when I am very, very alone. Um, and and that's, a, that's a very cool thing to, to experience. Oh, wow. There was so much there. Um, so, so I, I guess two things, two things come to mind, you know, we're most of the world, I would, I would say as an isolation now, 
yeah. disconnected from people and having to find new ways to interact. Thank goodness for Zoom. Thank you, yeah, Zoom, yeah. For, for this opportunity to connect connect with Mike. But so 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 you don't have the the circle of influence that you used to have. So now there's a new normal coming coming out of that. How do you maintain that influence of people moving forward? Do you, do you think about that? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think I think actually last night my my wife and I had a, a little bit of this conversation, and um, I was just saying I, I feel so fortunate that. I really feel very completed in my, my identity and my worth and everything. Um, and, and it's probably been in the last one to two years. And I would say that's my transformation into just completely accepting, trusting and, and surrendering to my faith. Um, I, I, I mean, I really, I, I, I feel like um, I definitely know how, how spoiled I am and, and most of the people that I'm with on a daily basis, just for the simple fact that uh, I was born in the United States. And, and, you know, by, by sheer um, probability, <laughs> you're going to have at least an above average, like earthly life in, in that sense. Um, but, but I've also um, been, been really, really fortunate to be able to travel and get exposed to so many different cultures, so many different people, um, and see that that's not what everything is about either. Um, and then that, that encourages me to really, really, um, you know, dive into um, biblical principles and biblical truths and, 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 and pieces that kind of are, are intended to help us navigate through whatever time we're in, uh, whether it's a personal time, whether it's a cultural time. And um, th those would be, I guess, like my, my new kind of man metrics yeah. <laughs> is, um, you know, um, I just, I just listened to an amazing, um, uh, talk that uh, Dr. Tony Evans gave um, about kingdom men and just, um, you know, what kind of what men are missing out on um, in, in today's culture by uh, basically his, his premise was you are uh, a male by birth, but you're a man by choice. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, men naturally, we want respect. We want, you know, we want people to, to honor us and, and, and everything, but we often, we don't give that to a higher power. Um, so if we don't, you know, surrender and, and, and offer respect and, um, solidarity to something, um, how can we expect that from, from others? And, and, um, there, there's a lot of <laughs> things that go into that. Yeah. Um, but, but essentially I, I just, I find myself, uh, with, with a lot more, um, uh, depth of thought that, that doesn't come from, you know, external influencers. It's more, um, what, what situation am I in? What moment am I in? And, and what significance can I have in that moment? Yeah, that, that is what I would, I would call uh, a leader shift. You, you have shifted a perspective on on the validation and external influence to to alignment with a core uh, a core virtue of yeah. reflection evaluation action and mm -hmm. and i think that is um really what i have identified that people who are successful not only in contentment with self and comfortableness with self was that they 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 know that about themselves, they understand it, and then they use it moving yeah. forward. And, you know, I, I think I've seen that most in, in the way you journal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's kind of, um, yeah, that's an exercise for me. It's a daily reminder. Um, and, and you kind of said the, the magic word with content, contentment. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, we're obviously we're talking about leadership. There's a lot of words that don't get um, considered into leadership many times. Uh, contentment is not not a word. Um, there's you know you know there's passion and 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 drive and you know uh, enthusiasm and motivation and all these other words that get thrown out there. But being content in a moment, um, I think a lot of people think of that as like settling for less, and and that's right. not the case at all. Con content is um, being real with a moment um, so that you can actually observe what's happening. Um, and then, and then respond and react based off of what you said, those, those core virtues or principles that, that you rely on. Um, and, and contentment also allows you to kind of slow down and focus a little bit. Um, and in that slow down and focus, you should be able to see a more clear path, a more direct path. 
Hmm. Y- yeah. Wow. So, so a, a, a lot in there too. Goodness gracious. So let me, let me circle back to the, the people then, if, mm-hmm. if you are the five people you surround yourself with and you now don't have them. Yeah. Where, where are most people missing an opportunity right now in, in this pause that we're all experiencing? Yeah, I, I, well, and I, I guess that's, um, and I think you, you said it a little bit earlier on, but that's, that's uh, self-inspection, self-growth, self-discovery. Um, that's scary it, though, Mike. It, it, it is. We're, we're kind of given an opportunity right now to really, really um, dig down and, and look at ourselves. And, and um, it's kind of like rebooting the computer. <laughs> you know, we want to uh, we we update. Um, we need to kind of shut things down to, to clean out the system and 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 come out you know new new and improved um and and i think you know now since we're, we're in the midst of you know a global pandemic and a lot of uncertainties uh a lot of what you're hearing is um people saying when is it going to go back to normal when can we expect normal um what if normal wasn't so good <laughs> like a lot of times what we're familiar with is what we're comfortable with is what we associate with good but but that might not be the case and um, you know, financial stability, um, economic stability, status, all of these things, um, we might perceive them, perceive them as good, but they might be really taking away from um, some deeper goodness that, that we're all, we could all uh, commit to, but, but also offer to, to others as we come out on the other end of this. And um, that, that's something that, like, like for me right now, I'm just, I'm very, very hopeful. Um, and yesterday I did... Um, uh, 24 hour fast. And it was actually, it was a challenge from, and, and I love fasting. So this was actually just cool for me because it, it had a little more meaning to it. Sometimes I just, I just like to fast. Um, <laughs> I know there's a very, very strong uh, faith, faith principle with fasting and, and, and you need to actually do something with your fast, not just, just do it. And um, the, the challenge kind of went out. It was again from, from the piece that I listened to from Tony Evans is he was um, just challenging men to to fast. He said, just take a day during all this time. He said, fast. And when you would normally be eating, he said, take some time, get down on your knees and investigate yourself. Think, yeah, ta- you know, um, if, if you don't know God, maybe look for him a little bit. <laughs> if you do, spend a little more time with him and listen to him and, and see what can happen. And, and like you said, when we're um, socially distanced right now, um, we have all the time in the world to to kind of look inside and and come out with a a better um more content perspective but also more more motivated more virtuous perspective oh wow so so you're probably but i want to make that assumption you're (laughs) like me when a new update comes out for your phone operating system it's automatic yeah. i want yeah i'm looking for my plug i'm turning it off as soon as i can because i don't want to uh, miss out on that opportunity for growth it's obviously there to, to fix something and exactly and and how often are we downloading a new operating system for the way we think i i don't think we do it, oh man, it doesn't happen much. And, you know, we could, we could go into so much. I'm so thankful that I'm in a, um, a kind of a health and fitness oriented community. I, my wife, that's her specialty is um, diet, nutrition, um, general wellness. And then, then we have so many mutual friends that are immunologists and, and, and all these crazy, uh, very intelligent people. And, and that's definitely um, uh, a factor there is how, how often do we refresh, you know, uh, not, not just, you know, the 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 mind but the stomach the you know every, every part of our body i mean and you you hit it on the head with what your topic is it's it's everything it's holistic um and and we're just uh culturally uh especially as americans and you know uh, western europeans and and everything is we're we're overstimulated and <laughs> and and it's not it's not good like if you are scared uh to be alone with yourself with no external stimulant like can you just it's 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 difficult for me too but you know can you sit for an hour and and just stare into a fire mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you feel do you feel good with that or do you feel anxious with that if you're anxious with it then you probably need to um spend some more time with that feeling and 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 then there's definitely a lot of other avenues to go with that but 
but yeah, like you, you said, just, just kind of re rebooting up here, um, that, that can lead to a lot of rebooting in the heart. And then, and then that's where we can ultimately, um, kind of grow and, and move forward. Well, I, I mean, I, I know we're both spiritual men, but you can, you can look back in the Bible to stories of devastations and pandemics and hordes and locusts and all kinds of stuff that created the same opportunities back then that we're experiencing now. And I loved your metaphor of the fast. We're all fasting from external stimulation. This, this is a wonderful time of fast for us all. And if you're uncomfortable with it, I think that's a compass point in personal development. Yeah, to totally. And yeah, yeah. When you can, you know, when somebody um, is wanting to or willing to take, take more of that faith perspective on things, uh, we're given the, the option and the gift of resting, of fasting, of surrendering. Um, if we don't take that gift, eventually it's forced upon us. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's, you know, burnout, you know, and that's, I think that's more evident in, in leaders and, and, you know, high achieving individuals is um, just overdoing it, getting burnt out, run down, and then you're not your best version of yourself. Um, whereas, uh, thankfully, from coming from a sport background, I know the value of rest. A lot of athletes don't listen to it, but generally as they get older, they realize it. And they say, man, yeah, if I would have actually, you know, spent a little more time resting or recovering or listening to my coaches that told me what I was supposed to be doing instead of being stubborn. Um, and, and we're so fortunate to have such a cool uh, coaching manual in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you really take the time to, to study it or, or listen to people that, that you trust and you value that can help you study it. Um, there's there's so many simple simple principles in there that, that can make us live better and, and some of them are are simply uh, resting you know not 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 lifting something up into you know idolizing it like whether it be a schedule uh, you know a goal. cell phone a goal yeah you know all of these things because like you said they're all external they're all external metrics um, they're a part of the process they're they're relevant um, but they can't be they can't be the central theme. They, they can't be that, um, you know, that, that, that guiding light <laughs> for, for your daily, daily purpose, your daily initiative, and, and ultimately your legacy. Yeah, Mike, that was, that's, that's such a perfect insight. The goals are relevant, but they're not the central theme. And I think we, we're one side, we're out of balance, I would mm -hmm. say, a lot of the time in, in that regard. Um, the, the two words you mentioned, um, contentment, well, I think I said contentment and you said surrender. Yeah. Those are not words that we associate with growth. And I think we alluded to that. Um, one of probably the biggest topic that I'm asked to speak on for young professionals in particular is, is growth planning. Mm. So we, we talk about the foundations of growth and what that, that looks like. And that as you approach growth from your comfort zone and you're trying to disrupt that, you pass the terror barrier and most people bump up against it and pull back. I think we can look at new year's resolutions when we're trying yeah. to do massive change in an irrational time span. We bump against fear and anxiety and judgment and self image. And we fall back into comfort rather than, than push through and in, into growth. So contentment and surrender don't translate well in the growth conversation, but they make so much sense. Yeah. It, and it, and it, it takes uh, perspective. It, it's what perspective do you, do you look at it with? Um, if, yeah, if, if being content or, you know, surrendering, and, and I, I think of surrender more in, in like uh, resting, um, being, being confident, um, knowing that, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're smaller and uh, less significant than you think you are, but you're also bigger and more powerful than you think you are. There, there's a paradox to that, to that word. Um, but, but again, I, I feel like I almost have like the, the cheat sheet to that perspective because um, I, I do, I, I trust, I trust biblical principles and, and they say, if you, if you trust Oh, I got a dog out here. <laughs> if you trust, you know, if you trust that, that restfulness, if, if you say, you know what, um, I believe the process enough that if I just am content with it and, and I surrender and slow down a little bit, it's going to be blessed. It's going to be fruitful. It's going to just 
you know, your Terra barrier, it's going to plow through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that takes, that takes trust. Um, and, and it doesn't, that doesn't have to be like, I definitely like to turn everything into a, a faith topic or, a, or, a uh, um, you know, a Christian based principle topic, but it doesn't have to be those, those, those principles and those topics hold true no matter what your worldview is. That's right. Um, they're just truths. That, that, that's all they are. And, and you can't, you really, if you, if you sit down and you have a logical, honest conversation or, you know, pro and con list, whatever you want to do, you can't, you can't argue it. You know, you, you can't, if somebody only sleeps four hours a night, their whole life, they're probably going to die earlier than they were supposed to. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's truth. So if you, if you don't stick to some of those certain truths and, and trusts, then, then you're just kind of living at less than. Um, and, and again, if we're talking about leadership and growth and principles, why would you ever want to, want to live at less than, um, if there's some, some, some very, um, uh, maybe easy to identify, but not easy to follow rules to, to get past this. Sure. Uh, again, uh, knowing John Maxwell is, as my mentor, he calls them the laws of leadership and he's written multiple books in <laughs> yeah. any area of life that are the laws, like you say, and his are founded in scriptures. Every mm-hmm. one of those laws is tied back to something in scripture that is unchangeable over time. So yeah. I, th- I think it, it makes sense to pay attention to that. Yeah, it does. And, and, and I think um, in terms of if we stay on that, the, the leadership topic. Um, so was it? Um, oh, there, there's so many people have said it, but essentially you could take some just very uh, basic uh, quotes of, you know, if I want to be a Christian leader, um, I don't need to beat people over the head with, you know, biblical principles or Bible, 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 or Jesus, 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 or anything. But, but if I live by them, um, they're more attractive. Um, so, so I guess if you, if you, you know, we kind of go back to that, you know, what, what is my metric is I'm trying to remind myself that every day now. Um, and that was never even on my radar as an athlete. Um, my radar was completely goal accomplish, goal accomplish, goal accomplish, um, and, and I think was it Fred Rogers is the one who said, you know, he w- he would wake up every day and his goal was to be a good person. Yeah, that, that was his goal, and and then and then you go deeper into that within how do you accomplish that, and he accomplished that by being a man of God, and um, and that's that's what we have to do, and and that's something that I would say that's my new metric. I want to be, you know, I want to be a good person. It starts with being good to myself, good with myself. Um, thank God now I'm married, so I get to practice it daily uh, with somebody that I have to value and hold higher than myself. Um, so there's that, you know, that that cool. Um, uh, absorption or continuum of togetherness that, that we have now. And, um, and that's a, that's actually, uh, it's a daily exercise. That's such a gift because, um, how I use that is how I'm going to go out into a, a bigger, um, platform, you know, whether it be, you know, societal or, or, or anything like that. Um, so, so yeah, my, my new, <laughs> my new metric is goodness. goodness. Um, I want to yeah. start with that. And then, and then I don't think I can go wrong with that. No, not at all. And and I've heard, uh, again, I'm, I don't know why this always happens on an interview when I totally <laughs> fail to recognize the source of the brilliance, but I've, I've heard it said that it's not about what, what you do in the end. It's about who you become in the, in the process. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I, I often use those new year's resolutions as a, as a difficult practice, we routinely find ourselves falling into that when we fail at it, we, we program that narrative and that voice in our head to then say, well, you remember what you did when you tried yeah. to lose 15 pounds and it didn't work? Well, why are you going to try again? You know, it negatively influences that negative narrator influences us the, the wrong way and rarely do we have a vision that's bigger than ourselves? Mm-hmm. If I lose 15 or 20 pounds and I'm not pre-diabetic anymore, or I'm, I'm able to take my shirt off without anxiety, what influence could I have greater having accomplished that? So the, the vision is bigger than the goal. Yeah. Does that resonate at all? Yeah. 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 That's um, because I guess, I guess, that would be good. And think about businesses. Businesses have vision statements and they have mission statements and you have goals to accomplish that. Um, and, and there's some, 
uh, dissonance <laughs> in, 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 in things when, like you said, you're more focused on the goal than the vision. Um, the vision has to, to supersede everything. Um, and, you know, I mean, yeah, Jesus said, I am the way. <laughs> like, that's the biggest vision that you can have. So, yeah, if I'm, if, again, if I'm connecting it on faith, it starts there. That's my vision. And then how can I make everything else um, fall underneath that, that precedent and and that that ties in with the word surrender you know i have to surrender to that vision um and and on a you know uh on a leadership side of things i'm i'm very very thankful to be um a part of a a, a business and organization power monkey fitness that um we're, we're constantly trying to make sure that we're aligning with our vision and, and it's cool because our vision is ultimately to be a resource uh for the fitness community and, and that that resource is just to to, to really to offer goodness um, and, and through us it's as as movement professionals you know we have people in every skill domain every health and wellness domain who are um, uh, elite in what they do and they just want to share that knowledge and leave a legacy mm. is kind of the, the cool piece of that um, but but without a vision we don't have that um, and and I think that's Again, if, if we're put down to where we have to be by ourselves and sit down, what is your vision? What, what, you know, what do we want? Um, what do we want our life to look like? And then how can we make each day and each moment and each thought and breath kind of fall into that? Um, but also realize that things are going to go wrong in the meantime. Um, but the, those aren't, those aren't failures. Those, those are just, you know, those are lesson builders. Like those are, you only learn from all of those moments too. So, so we have, we have um, more opportunities than we realize to be better than we think we can. Well, yeah, that's the abundance that's around us. Um, I think we, we lose abundance when we, we, we give up our right to choose, to love, to be good. And we're just going to respond mm. as, as an automaton to the external influence. And we're just going to be our human human side we for we forget the power of choice which is yeah the greatest gift that we we have yeah cho choice is choice is so much better uh word than than just being reactive like to just react it, it gives away all free will and power that we actually have um and that but that takes awareness yeah that's that's intentionality yeah probably uh, i was uh, recently talking with a group of elite gymnasts and two things stood out to me when they talked about high performance. The, the first was clarity of, of what you want, truly mm -hmm. defining what you want. And when I went through that practice, that was really hard. What yeah. do you want? Well, it, it was these vague words. Well, mm -hmm. I want to be an influential leadership and growth development expert. Really? Um, <laughs> you know, it got really hard to define it. So I think what they, what also they showed me was that with vague vision, you create vague goals, you get, yeah. you take average safe actions and you get mediocre results. And that just yeah. feeds back into this cycle, this triangle of dysfunction. And we, we forget to step out of it. We forget to choose to step out of it. What, what yeah. advice would you give your athletes that you coach when they're stuck in that that awful paradigm oh <laughs> um yeah that's that's tough um because uh, i can get i can you know it's it, it's actually such an individual um moment to who you, to who you're talking to so um i had a pastor once that said uh every time you're speaking you need to know who your audience is mm. Um, and that can be difficult in a format like this, because I don't know who's going to listen to this, where they're at in life, what their um, biases are, what their um, fears. Know, yeah, anything. And, and I could strike a nerve and, and, and uh, cause a reaction that I would never want to cause. And I can't actually um, have any you know, back and forth dialogue to work through that. But um, when, when you are working you know, in person and individually or small groups, knowing your audience and um, genuinely understanding and listening to them so that you can best offer good feedback. Um, so yeah, with the, the groups that I work with and the, um, the individual clients I have and, and, and things like that is, um, it's always important for me and, and I can always do a better job of it is one asking them what they want. So like if, if they are frustrated with the results, so, you know, we can take a, a, a snatch, a lift and say, okay, what do you want? I want to snatch more weight. 
Okay, great. Um, that's fair <laughs> that you should. Um, how can we accomplish that? And are you doing everything in your power to do that? Um, and, and if you're not, it's okay. Uh, but we have to identify where you can take some control of that um, and then progress forward. Um, because all, all we can do is learn from, you know, even the negative thought or whatever it is, we can learn from that. And then we just have to figure out how to step forward. Um, and the moment we have is the moment we have to, 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 to actually start enacting that. Um, so, you know, some of it is, is just even, you know, learning to say, okay, be calm. You know, what did I learn um, from missing that lift? Well, I actually had a thought that I was going to miss it before I missed it. Great, self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. Uh, you you didn't you weren't confident. Why were you not confident? Um, well, I was you know I was already thinking about the lift that would be the next one if I made it. Okay, so you were focused more on three steps beyond than the step within, and and yeah, there's yeah there's I mean and and those are you know those are like I said in the beginning we were talking like those are like mathematical building blocks like why do I need to know that you know two plus seven is nine? Well, because at some point you're going to have to know a lot bigger things than that, and that's a foundational building block to it. So. Um, um, kind of like <clears throat> uh, uh, um, in the realm of sport, like emotional maturity is huge. You either have to have uh, um, a level of emotional maturity or an extreme amount of ignorance and trust within the process that you're you're in. And I think those are both, those are like, if anybody wants to know the secret to being uh, an incredibly elite athlete, have one of those. Either be, you know, wise beyond your years, incredibly patient and emotionally mature, or just be completely ignorant to everything and align yourself up with somebody that knows way more than you and then just follow them blindly. <laughs> Those are kind of your two options. I love that. You, you know, I think people get confused, number one, when they hear even the word leadership. I mean, that has mm -hmm. leadership and personal development. What does that even mean? Well, it's no different when you get down to coach mentor. I think online coaching has totally screwed up the name. <laughs> yeah. Because there, I think I can remember back to coaches who just said, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I'm going to judge you on doing that, 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 and that. That's not coaching. Um, coaching for me is exactly how you frame that of going inside someone's head mm -hmm. and helping them synthesize their solution by deconstructing a reasonable objective into component parts. It's a, it's a relationship. It's an interpersonal yeah. relationship. And, and again, I, I, can't, I can't go further with that without also acknowledging, and, and I do, I have some, some friends that, and you know, family members or anything that will struggle with uh, a faith perspective and say, yeah, but you know, how can I believe that? And I'll say, well, are you seeking a relationship with it? Like, are you actually trying to have communication? Are you trying to learn? Are you putting yourself in that situation it would be like okay i want to yeah i want to snatch 300 pounds how often are you practicing that snatch once per week not going to happen um, <laughs> i want to i want to find my deeper purpose and meaning in life okay um how often do you go inside your heart how often do you get into a faith-based principle and and really really think about it and study on it and and then and then put yourself into a good training environment like if you want to get better train with people that are better than you if you want to learn more uh learn from people that know more than you um and then you start to develop that you know that back and forth of like you said like a mentorship is is really um that's what coaching is is you're a mentor but you're also being mentored because every coach is also learning within the process is you're building um this incredible uh, savings account of knowledge and interactions and, and everything that you're able to draw from in, in future experiences. Yeah. Wow. Uh, there's nothing more I can do with that. That, that was beautifully <laughs> spoken, Mike. Um, Mike, you've made another recent transition. We've talked about marriage. You're on the other side of the planet right now. You're over in Germany, seven That's hours it. ahead of me. So again, thank thankful for your time here. That, that takes me back to my residency training after pharmacy school. I went to Pennsylvania to live for a year and I, I stayed in the dorms where the rotating medical residents, residents from around the world would come. Okay. And for the longest time, I had two roommates from Germany. Ah, nice. And all they wanted me to do was make American pizza for them. And <laughs> I was so not a chef, but whatever I did, they loved. 
and the only phrase I walked away with in German in German was "Bitte gib mir ein Bier aus dem Kühlschrank." <laughs> Please give me that beer. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's a, pretty. That's pretty solid. I wish my wife was here. She would be impressed. Your your pronunciation is much better than mine. Oh, they made me practice it at the dinner table over pizza. It's say incredible. the word again. Say the word again. So yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say my um, my language comprehension or uh, uh, desire to improve it is is much less than <laughs> my de desire to learn other things. Uh, it's it's um, actually my, my wife is as uh, for for being a um, uh, a young young woman. She's a, a wise soul. Um, she always says you have you have like wishes and wants, and you have goals and motivations, mm. and you can wish for something, but if you're not doing anything for it. And, and I would liken that to my German language uh, comprehension. I wish I could understand more and learn more, but if I'm honest with myself, I, I don't put any, uh, any time into it. And um, I'm so fortunate here. Uh, most, most of the German uh, population speaks very good English and they, they help me out a lot and they don't, they don't give me too hard of a time for it. Well, that, that's an incredible transformation all on its own, um, being uprooted and disrupted and stuck in a new culture where you, you do have to adapt to your environment in order to be able to function with, with purpose and, and belief. What's been the most difficult transition other than uh, you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah, some, sometimes, um, and it's, it's like a frustration, but it's also cool because it forces some growth. So um, in, in being able to really uh, explain myself or, or give, give a, a really deep thought, um, in one way, it's frustrating because I would like to just be able to speak quickly and, and get it out. Um, but in another sense, it, it's also a really cool challenge because it forces me to think a little deeper on maybe what words I'm using. Um, am I, am I using too much extra language that isn't really necessary? Or um, understood. Yeah. That takes away from the meaning. I had a cool, um, and I guess, I mean, I've kind of, I've trained for this moment for the last like seven, six, seven years of traveling so much international. I've gotten very, very comfortable, um, being in situations where I have no idea what anybody's saying. Uh, and just, <laughs> just uh, following mannerisms, trying to keep context with what's going on to be able to, you know, kind of participate with nonverbal cues and everything like that. Um, but, but yeah, when I was, uh, I, I work usually twice per year, I'll go to Israel. I have a, I've got a really cool relationship with a gym, gym there and, and it's turned into a very uh, near and dear friend of mine that owns the gym. I work with some of their youth athletes at the CrossFit gym. Um, and he uh, grew up in Mexico um, but he's, uh, he and his family all live in Israel now. And, um, he was explaining the difference between speaking Spanish and then speaking Hebrew. Um, and, and it was great because he said, he said, Hebrew is very matter of fact. He said, you know, I can speak for five minutes in Spanish. And then when I have to actually interpret it into Hebrew, it takes about 30 seconds to say what was necessary to get all of the important points. Um, and, and that was a, that was kind of like a, a light switch for me. I thought, man, that makes sense. You know, some of the most ancient languages that we've built everything off of uh, were also very simple and very to the point. There weren't all these filler words. If it was an emotion, it was an emotion. A lot of the emotional words actually have a lot. I mean, there's, you know, in, in Hebrew and Aramaic, there's like seven or eight different ways to say love and it all means different things. Um, but it's one word. Whereas we might have to explain, well, I love you, but not like that uh, it's this 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 and this and um i think we can also take that, take that into uh you know transforming and leadership and being a master of a skill is the more we can simplify things um make the intent very very honest and genuine um and and, and efficiency um so it's uh that that's i think a, a lesson that that will be in my head forever is is being able to um, think of that conversation I had with him and, and he laughs all the time. He's like, man, he said, it, it made me realize how much I talk about nothing. <laughs> he said, and then, uh, and how simple it is to really have communications and, you know, with everybody in the gym when we speak Hebrew. Um, but of course he also said, but I love being with my family and speaking <laughs> family. He said, we can just go on and on and on and on. He's like, so English is like, he said, it's a good, good place to, to be. He said, I have a little, a little bit of a mixture. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. I don't guess I ever 
ever thought about it in, in that context. That's, that's incredible. You can shrink five minutes of conversation down into 30 seconds. One of my, one of my writing mentors, Nicholas Cole, told me that when you, whenever I write, because I love writing, mm -hmm. write your paragraph, write your page, write your book. And then when you're reviewing it, go take out every adverb that you use. Yeah. They're yeah. unnecessary. And when I did that, it like shrunk from a manuscript down to a, a three page PDF. And I was like, uh Oh yeah. Yeah. I got, I got to come up with a lot more. In there. <laughs> yeah. I think we get used to, yeah. Whatever creative writing in high school or something. And we, okay, we've got a word count. I have this many pages. Doesn't what matter what word I use. The words that I know <laughs> all my <laughs> adverbs and adjectives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, I guess, yeah, that's been the, the, the most like enjoyable, challenging piece of, of being, I guess I would say, in, in kind of a new, new culture too, is uh, I'll say a lot of things to my wife and she's like, why are you saying that? <laughs> um, like, uh, I forget what it, what it was yesterday. Oh, I know, I was fasting, so I was kind of hungry and, and I opened the door and one of the neighbors was having a barbecue and, and I said, oh, I said, they would be making burgers right now. And she said, well, they would be making burgers right now. I said, what does that even mean? I said, well, I, said I guess semantically that doesn't mean anything. I said, it's very, I said, that's a very like, uh, I said, it's a very American phrase. I said, but it means that I'm hungry and it's very ironic that they're cooking burgers and I'm smelling it because it's making me more hungry. And and uh, that, that five was minutes just, to explain that. One. Yeah, and then and she's like, oh, she's like, uh, we would just say, uh, say it like that. Or um, so th this is this will be your your fun fun quiz, uh, and, and this can maybe be a, a, a less deep uh, <laughs> ending. <laughs> so if you're if you're running really 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 fast, mm -hmm. and and you start to get that pain in your side, you know, like when you're doing say when you're you're younger and you're doing uh, wind sprints or something, and it just hurts like under your ribs. What do you call that? Um, um, not, um, what do I call that? Oh my gosh. I guess I haven't run in so long. I forgot. It's not oh. a Charlie horse. Um, a, a, a stitch in my side or something. Like okay. That. So you're, you, you have deeper knowledge of language than me. Cause I, uh, my wife was asking me and there's a, a legitimate word in German like that, that specifically means that, like it's a pain right there from running and breathing too hard. Um, and I'm ashamed to say, I don't remember the German word, but it was very complex, um, lots of syllables. Um, and she's like, you don't have a word for that? She goes, what did you do when you played football and you were running and it hurt? I'd say, oh, it hurts, I'm breathing hard. <laughs> she's like, it's, I said, I know, we had like our, our language is, uh, <laughs> we have so many dumb words that we use all the time. And then when there's something very precise and specific, we don't even have a word for it. No, if, um, well, if you had told her, no, that's a stitch in my side, she was going, did you cut yourself? What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so we've, yeah. Um, that's, that's been, yeah, that, those are like, I guess, the, the really fun, fun pieces of, of being somewhere. And, and like I told you before we got started, um, the, the nice thing for me uh, of actually being uh, like socially isolated or distanced um, here is, is I'm actually really, really realizing how much I enjoy reaching out to all the, the people that I talk to um, on a regular basis. And um, it's forcing me to actually even be more, um, more precise with my time or more, you know, more um, uh, intentful uh, to, to, to find the time to, to communicate with everybody and still accomplish, you know, work tasks and, and, and all of those. So um, I, I guess this time has really only uh, affirmed how much I, I really do love um, all the relationships that, that, that I've built and I'm, I'm excited to, to build another thousand of them. <laughs> I know it might be overwhelming, but, but it's, that's one of the maybe irrational challenges I'm very willing to take on is uh, I, I pray that I, you know, God's will, I have a nice uh, long, long life and, and uh, I, I can, uh, the, the legacy can just be of being a friendly smile that everybody can rely on. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a great way to close a conversation on intention and clarity with that, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you keep being captivated. You, your, your, your new hashtag is you be you. 
You be you. Be you. I think yeah, that is, it, it is it is what it is. <laughs> well, Mike, I know you mentioned Power Monkey Fitness a, a couple of times. Did I get your title right that you're actually the education director for the organization? Yeah, so we, we, we came to a point in our organization where we had to uh, identify titles because we were all um, kind of just wearing all the all the hats. And uh, we, knew, we knew we had two owners. Uh, so Dave Durante and Shane Garrity are our owners. They're both former elite gymnasts and um, amazing guys in their own right. Uh, and then there's, there's a handful of us that, that work underneath them and, and you know, parallel to them on, on a lot of projects and tasks. But um, it, it kind of came down to it was funny. Um, I think it was Dave and then his wife who is, um, she's, uh, she manages uh, two, two of our really, really big events during the year, which are these all-inclusive fitness camps that we do um, on top of every other thing that you can imagine going into every administrative role and back end. But it, it was kind of like, what, what title do I put under your name, Mike, when, uh, when we send this out uh, to have our, um, you know, our company evaluated or whatever. And, and I, I really, I don't like just being called a coach. And, and, uh, and I said, well, I mean, I said, I schedule all of our international events and coordinate them. And, you know, we all kind of collaborate on making content and education. And so, so yeah, we came up with uh, yeah director of uh, clinical experiences and uh, education director. And, and it was, it was kind of a funny conversation where we're like, I don't really know what to call it. We're, we're just kind of like a family business that, that has developed and, and evolved. And now, now we need to have titles. So <laughs> <laughs> that's growth when you need yeah, a title. That is, yeah, that's growth. But um, but yeah, it's a good thing. Well, well, Mike, how, how will Power Monkey Fitness help transform a very noisy industry? Um, I mean, if we're talking about fitness and, and health and wellness, if you Google any topic, you, you, all the information is available out there for anyone to use. However, it's going to be in, in, in the incorporation of that knowledge into your own understanding of self that you're going to get the outcome you want. Yeah, man, there's a leadership deficit out there until power monkey fitness comes in and moves the industry. What's, yes. what's, what's the plan? I, I think that, um, ultimately that that's the mission that we've been on is, is one, um, gaining trust. So trust of the community, um, and then a, a really a willingness to serve. So there, there is, there's nowhere that we won't go, um, to teach and to educate. So there was two years ago, um, Dave, Dave and I traveled to, I think over 20 countries, um, and close to 40 events that year. Um, and, and it was places ranging from, uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia to Medellin, Colombia to, um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to um, Youngstown, Ohio, to Harbor Park, um, Wisconsin. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there wasn't there wasn't a place that was too big or too small for us. We just if 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 there's a, a desire for people to learn, um, then we want to be able to go there to establish some roots <clears throat> and some connections. We're very very much. Um, we're, we're built and grown, um, supported on our, our connections and our interconnectedness to other like-minded individuals. And I think that's what's um, allowed us to evolve and grow a little bit. I think that's what will allow us to stay relevant and continue to just um, fill a void in terms of, of, of trust and, and um, authenticity. So I think we're all very authentic to our, our individual, you know, backgrounds and beliefs, but our, our willingness to continue to grow and adapt um, as we learn, learn, you know, new, new deficits in ourselves and in the community. That's amazing. Well, look, I look forward to seeing more of your influence um, back over here across the pond. So <laughs> yeah. you're always welcome back home anytime, Mike. Yeah, one, one, one day the, the, we'll open all the borders back up and, and I can come back. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful to, uh, I, I said that there's, uh, there's really, there's, there's gotten to a point where there's no place in the world where I don't feel at home. And that, that's a really, really special thing to have. Um, and, I, and I would attribute that to just that there, there are amazing, beautiful, wonderful, lovely people everywhere you go. Um, and, and I, I haven't been on a trip yet where I, if, if they said all airplanes were away and you could never leave again, that I would be genuinely upset. I, I would be happy because I'm, I'm, I'm constantly amazed at, at the quality of people that, that I get to be surrounded by. Wow, Mike, 
Wow. Well, look, I've kept you on, on the phone here for, for quite a long time, and I wish I had eight more hours with you to, to go down <laughs> some more rabbit holes here. I'm just so appreciative of the insights and influence that you shared with, with me today, and I, I pray that the people listening to the recording of this interview are equally as impacted as I was. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. It, it, honestly, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you asked me to come on. It was, um, this was the, the highlight of my day. So this is, oh, I, I could, I, I really, I couldn't, I couldn't ask to spend, spend this hour any other way. So I, I really, really appreciate it. And, and I appreciate what you're, you're doing for the, the community as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you, Mike. I look forward to your, your continued growth and expansion as a leader. Wow. It's going to be incredible. Awesome. Thank you very much. Sir. So with that, um, I'm going to exit out of the Zoom call and Mike, I'm going to get disconnected from you, but I will circle back to you offline um, with loads of thanks again for, for this time. For those of you who listened, um, comment on the video, uh, reach out to Mike. Mike, how can people get in touch with you if they were touched or influenced by something you said? It's the easiest thing in the world. If you're uh, if you're an Instagram user, <laughs> then it's uh, just my name, Mike Service, C E R B U S. Um, and if you're an emailer, it's it's the same, Mike Service at gmail.com. So any yeah, I'm I'm gonna I have an open open line. <laughs> so anybody that ever needs anything, they can always send me a message, and I, I try to get back uh, very very quick. Oh, awesome. And look for a Power Monkey fitness or camp near you coming up. Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as we can all get back <laughs> in the close proximity with each other, um, I'll, be, I'll be right there to, to hug and, and, and teach. Fantastic. Well, uh, we all look forward to that, Mike. Uh, look forward to seeing you real soon, my friend. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, of course. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Peace out, everybody. Y'all have a great day. Hello there, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to this most recent episode of the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. I do have a favor, though. On whatever podcast platform you are listening to this episode, would you consider writing us a five-star review? Uh, and the reason I'm asking is the more reviews that we get, the higher our rankings go and the more likely people are to see our podcast show show up in their search criteria. So I'd appreciate some, some positive reviews out there if, if you gained value from this episode. Also, if you wanted to see the video of this, this particular podcast episode, head over to the website, aestheticsofleadership.com. There you'll see all our episodes listed out in video format. And you can also see the transcription of those episodes as well. Every podcast episode is searchable by any keyword. So there on the website, you could search for any particular word that you remember from the episode and boom, you will have immediate access to that particular part of, of that episode and, and any other where that keyword shows up. So just a, an added opportunity for you to dig deep into this material and refer back to it as you need. I hope you come back again. I hope you spread these episodes and share them with others. I greatly appreciate your help as we walk together in growing a community of extraordinary people in a growth cycle of peak performance. So let's go. Let's appreciate these, these principles concerned with the nature and appreciation of transformations. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.